Are you looking to improve employee engagement and retention? Do you struggle with decisions on who to hire or who to promote? I have an amazing opportunity for a forward-thinking, purpose-led, people-first organisation to work with me on the first pilot Happier at Work programme for corporates. The programme is entirely science-backed and you will have tangible outcomes in relation to employee engagement, retention, performance and productivity. The programme is aimed at people leaders with responsibility for hiring and promotion decisions. If this sounds like you, please get in touch at ifa at happieratwork.ie. That's A-O-I-F-E at happieratwork.ie. You're listening to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for leaders who put people first. The podcast covers four broad themes, engagement and belonging, performance and productivity, leadership equity, and the future of work. Everything to do with the Happier at Work podcast relates to employee retention. You can find out more at happieratwork.ie. Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Happier at Work podcast. This is the first in a series of very special episodes as we near episode 100. In this week's episode, I'm sharing all about happiness at work and what that means to me. When I was first thinking about the concept of this episode, and it's something I've been planning to talk about for a while, I was really very much focused on the stats and like sharing why happiness at work is actually important, both from an organisational perspective and an individual perspective. But actually, as time went on, I thought, wouldn't it be great and a fantastic opportunity for me to share some personal stories from my own happiness at work journey? if you like. So first of all, I want to talk a little bit about why happiness at work is actually important. So the stats really back this up. Sean Aker wrote this fantastic book called The Happiness Advantage. And in it, he talks about the importance of happiness at work. And there's a 37% increase in sales when teams are happier at work. There's also research from the University of Warwick that shows that when people are happier at work, there's a 12% increase in productivity. Malcolm Gladwell also talked about a study that was conducted over a long period of time, which shows that the return for shareholders on investing in companies that put people first and typically are considered to be happier working environments had higher returns than those that didn't focus on this. Now, you know, that's kind of all the stats from a very much a business perspective, but bringing it back, thinking about individuals and Thinking and maybe even just think about yourself as an individual. Are you happy in the role that you're in right now? Are you happy in the organisation? Are you happy with the manager that you have? And bringing it back to that level and the impact, I suppose, on work, because we spend so much of our time at work, when we're not happy at work, that filters into other aspects of our lives. And I will talk about, you know, some of the, the not so happy experiences I had at work later on in the episode But really, it does, you know, it has an impact on every aspect of your life when you're miserable at work, when you're when you're not happy, when you're not working to your strengths, when you feel like you're you're kind of not not fully reaching your potential. So at that individual level, it's really, really important. But then from an organisational perspective, is it just that it's the right thing to do, that we should be treating people like humans, not treating them like a number, not treating them like they're machines? And I suppose the the good news around all of this as well is that you can actually measure it. You can measure it at an individual level. You can measure it at an organisational level. If you would like a happiness audit, either at an individual level or at a company level, do reach out to me because that is one of the services that I provide. 
I'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast, being happier at work is the concept in itself is something that you already buy into. But I suppose the question then is, is are you doing something about it? Are you happy at work? Is there something that you could change as a leader? Could you create a better, happier working environment? Is there something that you could do differently, even if it's something small, to make things a little bit happier? I have to say, for the most part, I have had a pretty happy working life. There have been some instances where it's not been, and I will share those now uh, shortly in in a second, actually. But overall, I have generally been really happy in really great positions that I have enjoyed, that have felt fulfilled, that have some meaning for me as well. And I think partly I took for granted because of the the early experiences that I had, that work was always going to be something that I quite enjoyed. And then I landed in a couple of situations that really didn't suit me very well, for want of a better word. And I'll, I'll share about those now. But really, it, it was quite jarring at the time that, you know, I, I had kind of, I won't say I sailed through life, but I really felt very fulfilled and very a great sense of belonging in the organisations I had worked in previously. And to land in a situation where I I didn't feel like I was being valued, that it was something that really went against the expectations that I had, especially because I knew some people who were already working in that organisation. So I suppose, you know, without naming any names or anything like that, really what happened in the the instances where I wasn't very happy at work, one instance was really a, a case of going against my values. So on the one hand, I was being told you, you're going to be promoted, you're going to become a director, what kind of director would you like to be? On four separate occasions, this was said to me, but then without any sort of communication, someone else was promoted into that position. And for me, it was a big case of saying one thing and behaving very, very differently, but also not taking responsibility for communicating that decision either. So when I questioned it, there was kind of, you know, a a backtracking, scapegoating, all of that kind of stuff. And so I was, I found myself in this position reporting into someone who had previously been a peer to me and with no experience of any, you know, no experience of management whatsoever. And, you know, I suppose the typical response for new managers is to try and control everything that you do, to want to be in the know about everything, to check your diary, to see how busy you are. And these are all the things that happened. So, you know, I can look back now at the time and say that was a huge infliction on my sense of autonomy. So if you've ever had a micromanager before, I think you'll know what I'm talking about. And usually when I talk about micromanagement, I get a few nods around the room, around the Zoom room as well, and that people know what I'm talking about. Because if you've been micromanaged once, you know what it's like. And that's that's exactly how it felt. I had, you know, I had no sense of autonomy over what it was I was doing. I was being overloaded with work because my boss didn't seem to be aware of my workload. I wasn't inputting my workload into my diary. That's not how I manage my work. I manage it, you know, on a on a piece of paper, on a sheet and a diary rather than in my actual calendar, my digital calendar. And so my sense of autonomy had completely gone away and I ended up working way longer hours than I needed to. And it was just, a, a you know, a really, really terrible situation. 
On the other hand, it's one of the things that spurred me on to what I'm doing now. You know, the, the, the seed at that point was firmly planted in my mind about what can organisations do differently to support better working environments, to get the most out of their people? And also I as an individual, how could I have avoided that situation? Is there something I could have done differently? And so I am grateful for that experience because it has put me on the path that I'm on now. Now, in another scenario, I was offered a promotion and on paper it was, you know, it looked fantastic. And again, upon reflection, I can see it was very much ego driven where I had the option to remain at the same level, working to my strengths, doing something that I quite enjoyed, but reporting to someone on the leadership team. And the other option was to be promoted to be on the leadership team, but in an area that I wasn't that interested in, that wasn't really working to my strengths. And, you know, at the time I felt like it was a no brainer. Of course, I wanted to be on the leadership team. But as time went on, I just felt I was moving further and further away from working on my own strengths. And it wasn't really the right, um, it wasn't really the right move for me. And as time went on, as I said, it became more and more apparent. I'm not really working to my strengths. I'm doing an okay job, but I'm not doing a brilliant job. And I'm the kind of person who really strives for excellent. I want to be really excellent at everything that I put my hand to, you know, and this wasn't giving me that opportunity. I found it incredibly demotivating. But at the same time, you know, it's finding that balance between, oh, well, the ego and the prestige of being on the leadership team. And it was a real struggle. And with those examples, it's only really now that I can look back and sort of paint the picture. I think Steve Jobs talks about that, that you can only really connect the dots from a future position rather than looking into the future. But it's only now and now that I've conducted this, you know, the the research around what creates happiness at work in relation to values, needs and strengths. They were the three key things that came out of the research. Um, It's, you know, now I can make sense of what happened to me in those situations that I can say things like it was a values conflict or my needs were not being met or I wasn't working fully to my strengths. And as I mentioned, this is something that I do on a regular basis with my clients. If you are looking for support in order to understand what levers need to be pulled to create a happier working environment, understand like where people are not feeling fulfilled at work, um, there, that is something that I can help with. So do reach out if that's something that you need support with. And now I suppose leaving the podcast on a little bit more of a happier note and the times when I did feel most fulfilled and still felt most meaning and felt happiest at work, really the the key thing for me, I think, is sharing knowledge. You know, that's something that I was always interested in doing. If I look back at any roles that I had, I was always the kind of person to share what was going on, what impact it had. You know, I was doing certainly in my corporate career, I was doing a lot of research around productivity and how to get the most out of people and sharing that then within the team, sort of distilling that knowledge into digestible format. So pulling out some of the key points, but also sharing links to the wider and the wider piece of research as well. So that's something that that I can and I guess I continue to do that to this day, you know, with the podcast, with the blogs that I do. Um, and, you know, the research that I conduct as well is something that I just really, really am interested in doing. And um, if you listened to one of the previous solo episodes where I talked about the sense of purpose and meaning at work, 
one of the things that came through for me from the Sparky type report was being a problem solver. So that's kind of how I view the world. And I mean that in a very positive sense where I can look at things and I see that there is a problem and I and I can find a solution to that problem. That's just how my brain works. And like I said, I don't mean that in a really negative way, but I can see opportunities for changing things, opportunities for fixing things. That's just one of the strengths and the, the purpose I have at work. Another time that I feel I was happiest is when I'm building long term relationships with clients. So not just kind of once off box ticking type of things. It's more about that longer term, mutually beneficial relationships. I've always really valued those at work. And I suppose another element to that is having an impact and, and the impact I'm able to have. So the recommendations that I can make to clients, whether that was in my corporate career or now running my own business, the kind of recommendations and the the immediate impact or the longer term impact that that has on people. And I suppose it's, you know, maybe it's thinking about it in this way that it's making a little bit of a difference in the world. And even through the podcast, when people reach out to me and say that something really resonated with them or they they were not nodding their head or they had a lot of aha moments, you know, that just that lights me up. It really, really makes my day because oftentimes, you know, recording this podcast on my own, I'm not getting that immediate feedback. I am seeing the numbers and, you know, I'm really delighted with how the podcast is performing. But at the same time, when you're recording it on your own, it's difficult to see what that impact is unless people actually share that with you. And I suppose I can't really not mention the people that I have worked with in the past. So I feel happiest when I'm being both challenged and supported. And it's 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 what I aspire to be is challenge how people are thinking, but also provide that level of support that they need in order to change, in order to progress. So in those environments where I felt really that there's a sense of challenge, that there's some sort of problem to solve, that I need to grow, that I need to stretch my comfort zone. But I also have that level of support where I'm not being judged, where where the resources are available in order for me to excel. They are the places that I have been happiest One thing I didn't mention at the start of the podcast is this idea of resignation. So when people resign from jobs, they resign because they're not happy. And that could be something that's going on for a while. It could be that they've become disengaged. I know most of the time that it takes, it could even take years before people actually resign from jobs. So thinking about that from an organisational perspective, if someone stays in a position and they're they're pretty disengaged, they're not really as productive as they used to be, that costs companies a lot of money. But even going beyond that, by the time they do get to the stage of resignation, and the research shows this, that it can cost 200% of that person's salary to replace them. And that's through training, it could be recruitment costs, it could be the lost productivity when someone new comes in and they have to get up to speed. It could be the gap that is left. And I know, especially now, companies are really struggling to hire people, especially that top talent. There is, I don't know if there's an increase in demand. I've, I've read about a, a huge increase in demand for labour at the moment, but there's not just there's just not enough people to fill all of those roles. So it's definitely a candidate's market at the moment. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got a little bit more insight into me, what 
drives me, what makes me happy at work and and relating some of the experiences I had at work to the research that I have conducted as well. As mentioned, I can carry out happiness audits in your organisation. I can look at what levers need to be pulled in order to drive happiness at work. And I can also implement those strategies as well. If that is something that you're interested in learning more about, you can check out my website. You can also reach out directly to me, Aoife at happieratwork.ie. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. That's A-O-I-F-E, O apostrophe B-R-I-E-N. I would absolutely love to connect with you. And do continue to reach out. Let me know what you thought of today's episode, any aha moments for you, anything that resonated or any challenges that you're having currently at work. I'm always open to listening. That was another episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I am so glad you tuned in today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love to get your thoughts. Head on over to social media to get involved in the conversation. If you enjoy the podcast, I would love if you could rate, review it or share it with a friend. If you want to know more about what I do or how I could help your business, head on over to happieratwork.ie.